0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Psychically connect to your soul, health, and wellness. Tune in as she brings messages, guidance, and clarity into your life. Hello everyone and welcome to Get Into It with Tina Conroy. I am your host on Blog Talk Radio. Always so grateful to be here with you today. The chat room feature is available, so if you go to Get Into It with Tina Conroy on Blog Talk Radio, you can chat along with us. And I would love for you to follow me if you're listening by computer live or later on recording. Hit that button follow and you can follow all my shows going forward. Well, welcome and hello again. I can finally say the weather is starting to get better here. I know you've heard me complain a lot about the weather in New York, but we're about in 50 degrees. So I think we're turning things around. I hope all of you are well as we move towards truly spring. I would love to announce my new website, always a, let's say, project in the making. So finally, my own website, get-intuit.net. Please join me, go check it out. For new subscribers, I have a complimentary meditation to ignite your intuition, so feel free to check that out as well. Also, I would love for you to check me out on Apple iTunes. I have all my shows recorded and just a few things coming up tomorrow in the New York area in Roslyn, New York at Practice Body, Mind, Soul I'll be hosting an oil share essential oils, come, it's complimentary bring your cup of tea or lunch we'll be sharing the wellness of oils for your life, for your home for your family, we call it the medicine cabinet and how you can switch over or use also these products for healthy living. Next week on Get Into It I have my teacher, my friend, Suzanne Cardinal. Suzanne Cardinal will be speaking to us about women entrepreneurs, her journey, being a mom, and my yoga teacher creating Into This World teacher training and giving takeaways and tools for us. So that'll be next week, 1 o'clock. And then I'm excited and happy to share that I am part of the Celebrating Women's Health on May 4th. And the keynote speaker is Ariana Huffington. I will be part of the interactive session talking about anxiety and stress reductions through yoga. And I'll be hosting a 20 to 25 minute chair yoga and guided meditation body scan. And that will be at the Long Island Marriott in Uniondale. Well, I am so excited to get going for the show, but I would love to center like I do every week. So if you can just take a moment, close your eyes, and let's connect together. Take a nice, long, slow, deep breath in, and exhale away. Notice your body at this time, relaxing your shoulders, bringing some awareness to your face and relaxing your face. Gently closing your eyes, allowing your eyes to settle inward and down, allowing the intention to let go of your morning so far, or the beginning part of your day. And I call upon blessings at this time. I call upon blessings for everyone listening live and later on the recording. May we be surrounded with light, divine light, protection, encouragement. Any special intentions that you may have, feel free to bring those to mind. As we call upon the angels and spirit guides. And we ask this always for the highest good, and so it is. I'm also going to pick a card for the week. So this is a universal card for the week and for the show. So as I shuffle the cards, this is life purpose cards. So they always have a little bit of a theme to them. And the card I've chosen for the show is career change. So perhaps you're moving and shifting. It may not be perhaps a complete career change in the sense of a whole new direction of a completely different career, but it could be a career change in your own career. So, This card may resonate with you universally, embarking upon a new career, new work pattern, bringing forth new joy and abundance, and looking at the things you desire and deserve. So the wording is very important there, desire and deserve. Notice your desires. Call them into your intentions, into your meditation practice. And if things are shifting, open up to the possibilities to move into that new direction and new growth. Well, I'm so excited to bring my guest on, and I want to tell you a little bit about Dawn. Dawn DelVecchio is a professional writer, marketing consultant, and entrepreneurial business coach. She's also been a luxury travel writer, a magazine editor, professional kickboxer, kickboxing coach, herbalist, ceremonialist, and astrologer. Until recently, these diverse career paths shared one common denominator they kept her close to broke. After having a child as a, as a young, single mother, Dawn spent most of her adult life developing herself through spiritual study and practice while simultaneously living in chronic financial struggle. She attributes the transformational change in her financial life to a change in her mindset around money. Dawn understands firsthand the painful disconnect that happens when heart centered helpers don't address their relationship to money, and she's on a mission to open up a conversation on this sometimes taboo subject her goal is to support people who are called to have a greater impact with their work so they don't get stymied by subconscious blocks faulty vows of poverty and what she calls unexamined money mantras Spirit, Mind, and Money is Dawn's book. As an author, she shares her story and the stories of others who have wrangled with these issues. More than that, it opens up this conversation and reveals a way for those who feel called on a deep level to turn their soul work into a business that serves others and feeds them abundantly. Her book website, spiritmindmoneybook.com, you can reach Dawn on Facebook, you can reach Dawn on Twitter. And I have the pleasure of meeting Dawn a few times already. We are in the same biz club with Pamela Bruner, and she is just a delight, wonderful person. Her energy lights up the room, and I'm so delighted to have her on today. So I'm just going to get her on. Hi, Dawn. How are you? Hi, Tina. Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm so glad we're having this conversation and excited to talk to you about all these wonderful things. So thank you for being a guest. Uh, I'm
0: very excited to be here and thank you for having me. And I just, uh, two things I wanted to say to start. First of all, thank you for helping us ground and connect. It's just, it's just for me, it's a beautiful way to show up for you and your community. And also the card you pulled is so absolutely (laughs) perfect for our conversation about my book and some of the other things I'm up to and what my work in the world is about. So I just, again, you know, looking at the the universal perfection of things, uh, I I wanted to just comment on that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I always find, you know, there is these, you know, working in the realms and, and understanding just divine timing and accepting and allowing there is no coincidence, and I had a very wonderful spiritual teacher that said to me, "Coincidence is a beautiful word, although you know a lot of people think of it as negative, but it coincides. And so when things coincide, mm. they reveal to them, and I just and I just love that. So I know I pulled the card, and I always chuckle to myself on my end because nobody can see me. Like perfect card, thank you, thank you, angels, thank yep. you, spirit, thank you. So it's always great. So cool. I would. Before we kind of dive into where you are now and what's going on for you now, I would love to take the listeners back a little bit to, yeah. I would kind of bring us back a little bit to childhood. And, and just because it, we kind of see ourselves and we grow through that. So can you share with the listeners um, how, how you were as a child?
0: Ah, okay. Well, that, that's great. So how was I as a child? Very athletic and energetic,
1: very curious
0: questioning a lot of things. I remember one key thing I remember is I wasn't so excited about school as much as I was excited about going to catechism because, to me, I, I, I think I already had spiritual and, and, and mystic tendencies then. I really was fascinated by the concept of knowing about the life of Jesus. I was raised in a Catholic family, so that was the only hint of inkling connection to anything spiritual or religious at all. So I was very excited about it. And then as I started going to catechism, I very quickly got felt disconnected because it just seemed like sort of silly little dogma stuff. It had nothing to do with what inside my soul felt like a, a longing for truth. So in many ways, I think I've been a, sort of a truth seeker throughout my life. What is the truth? What is our purpose here? Why are we here? Why do we have to struggle so much? Why are people so different? All of these kind of questions. And I thought that catechism, as a little child, I thought catechism might start to give me some answers to the truth. And it didn't. So that sent me on a journey of spirituality that has unfolded now over the course of, well, I'm 50 now. So over the course of what, maybe 45 years or something. And um, I have the great, uh, great gift and pleasure of being in a women's group Early on, which I tell this story in my, in my book, uh, I had my son when I was 18 years old, and I had him at home. I had a home birth in Connecticut when it was illegal in the state of mm-hmm. Connecticut. So, like, nobody was doing that in 1984. Um, and I got connected through the midwives with uh, uh, some other home birth-focused women, and we started a women's support group that became kind of a tarot study, goddess ritual, all of the kind of things that now are a lot more easy to speak about that we whispered about back then. Uh, so, so that's kind of what – so I started when I was young with the questioning and then, you know, you do your growing up thing. And then after having my son, that was reawakened and I was held in the lap of, of the awakening divine feminine on, on the planet. And in many ways, that has, in all ways, that has woven throughout my life, even in my years as a kickboxer, even now as a, a marketing consultant and copywriter. And, um, you know, I'm starting to do workshops now where I'm bringing the two together, business and sacred space. So does that kind of answer your question?
1: Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I can relate with that. I went to... I didn't go to catechism, I went to Catholic school. So, you know, uh-huh. um I don't even think they call it catechism anymore, isn't that funny? But I remember going to, well, I went from grade school all the way to Catholic high school and two years of Catholic college. Um and the interesting part for me was it, it's very similar to some degree because I went to very religious schools and every day there was prayer and all this built into the the education. And I and I I can respect it now. But, in the same path, my family wasn't devoted Catholics. You know we would go to church when mm. we have to kind of thing one of the as time went on, and you know through college and as you know I got older i i I did long for this sense and you know connection I loved going to church and the essence of it. but there was this you know rote kind of thing, like this is what you do, and you know again that's kind of church feeling, yeah, and as I've gotten older, you know, I would say. I had my son 24, but once I got older and, um, you know, really opened up my intuition, I was very psychic as a child and all those things were so taboo. I was scared of it. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I, my journey happened a little bit later. And so I was probably in my like early twenties when I was starting to embrace these attributes of mine for healing and not being, you know, it's, it, we're so similar. So we had those things. Um, So thank you for sharing that. And it kind of brings us to, you know, just like an all around of who, you know, a bit of who you are and where you're going and, and your life's path. Now, as you were growing up, you know, entrepreneurial, when we talk about like business, um, was there anybody in your realm that influenced you growing up in regards to like, clearly you're entrepreneurial now and you've done many businesses. So on a, on a business end, and it may be spiritual as well, was there a a person or a group that influenced you to kind of you know, fun, move forward?
0: Funnily enough, really not. Uh, okay. I, I came from a very humble, what we would call a working class, Italian, nice Italian family, where you got your job, you got your one steady job, and that's what you did through your life, is you do your job. And you work hard, you work really, really hard, and maybe you'll make more money. Mm-hmm. And... I am not the kind of person who fits real well into corporate, into business, into any of that stuff. I'm pretty much uh what's the word? Um um maverick. Okay. So right. yeah. So I had to start doing my own thing very early on. So I got out of college, and even in college, I did very well in university. I studied women's studies and English and feminist literary criticism. So even there, I didn't fit into any box <laughs> at all. And um, I, even I can remember throughout college, like, having these little nervous, haunting panics on my shoulder, like, after I finish college, I'm going to have to, like, get a job and, like, Mm. Do something nine to five because it wasn't even in my window to think about owning businesses, creating my own things. So I tried that. didn't really work. Borrowed money from my parents, got a little computer and started putting out, uh, doing desktop publishing for people. Mm. Uh, So that's where it started. Then I, I met and fell in love with the man who would become my first husband. He had had a martial arts school for years. And I've been an athlete all my life. So it was very easy for me to pick up. and I had actually invoked the warrior energy in my life. I needed to have more backbone and strength as a single mother.
1: And so anyway,
0: long story short, that's where the running my own business came from, was working with him and then not being able to do a job job and so doing the desktop publishing. So it wasn't actually very much in my sphere at all until after college.
1: Right, so you kind of, like you said, being the maverick and not necessarily having that entrepreneurial family-based. And I get that, too. It was like you got a job, you came from college. You know, it's sort of that mindset where you get a job yeah. and you, you have that job for hopefully the rest of your life until retirement. Oh. And then, yeah. you know, there is, no, there is no, I mean, I don't even think I knew the word entrepreneur growing up even existed. Um, so we yeah. come from very similar backgrounds, um, you know, Catholic, Italian, the whole thing. Um yeah. So yeah, so you, so it when you started to, what was it in you intrinsically when you said I'm gonna just take this you know, laptop computer and just start on my own? Was there just this, just this? this well, mis- I was I was gut?
0: working, I was working at Kinko's at the time, so I I was in New Mexico. By then I had moved to New Mexico with my son. I was working at Kinko's, and I had my first three month like review, and they were gonna up my they were gonna up my kittens of a pay like six twenty five mm-hmm. by twenty no, ten cents an hour because okay. I didn't have all the little tick marks off of like doing every single behavior really properly or correctly or, or and I was like, you know what, this is PS. Right, right. Like, not gonna cut it. <laughs> so yeah, so that's why there was an there was a integration period. Like at one point I had a really great client who was coming in to um, kinkos and so he actually hired me first part-time freelance so i was working with him building some brochures and doing some um, simple stuff for him he had a he had a, actually a, a real estate development an eco-friendly real estate development where i was so i was helping him with that stuff and tracking his money and just working on the computer for him basically that was part-time as i started building the desktop publishing as I was also beginning to develop my martial skills enough to start to teach classes with my fiance at that point. So it was like a few, you know, and this is kind of the theme of my life is like a little bit of this and a little bit of that until I learned how to actually be a businesswoman, which came much later.
1: Right. So you had multi streams of income to some degree and you kind of just kind of were able to, you know, go back and forth between those things okay yeah or so
0: multi-trickles I would say yeah <laughs> <laughs> right like, like
1: thinking there's a, so it's like the funny part of like thinking you have a business but there's really no income coming in like you're then, right. and then you have a business and there's truly income coming in totally different feeling yep. totally different feeling. yeah <laughs> so can you share now your when you started your business when you started your company I mean I know you started that then but bring us up to a little bit more closer to date um of when you became what you would call, you just said, a businesswoman?
0: Sure, yeah, and and even that was a slow unfoldment. I would say I became a businesswoman the first time I hired a business coach and realized that I was playing around like like an employee. I was treating my business like an employee. And this is after I had run a much bigger martial arts gym where we did have contracts we had a beautiful facility. We had a long-term contract with our with our the place where we rented. Um, even then, I would say I didn't fully grasp what it meant to be a business owner and a marketer. So that, that was with my ex-husband, and then I lived in Thailand, and then I was a journalist, and I was a freelance journalist and a magazine editor, and all these things. So anyway, then I come back to America, and I need and and, and then I go learn marketing. With a really amazing marketing company that does personal development publishing in Malaysia, called Mind Valley. Some of your listeners might know who Mind Valley is. Um, then I came back and I'm like, all right, I really, I'm not young anymore. I, I, I'm in my mid 40s, and I have to get my act together financially because I've got nothing. I've got no savings. I've got no spouse. Now I have a fiance, but you know, I, I need to get my act together. And so I went to a business conference with the woman, who our, Pamela Bruner, our, our business coach now. She, she's not the person I hired then. I kind of went down the garden path with someone else. Basically, long story short, at uh, 46 years old, I hired a business coach and began to really learn certain things that are critical to business, treating my money with respect managing, you know, figuring out how I'm going to do sales conversations, learning how to do sales conversations, learning how to apply all the marketing savvy I had learned with Valley to my own business, and getting clients, coaching clients, figuring out my expertise, and beginning to sell my copywriting and marketing support at a price that actually made sense. So rather mm-hmm. than doing the dollar-per-hour exchange, recognizing, no, it's not about dollars per hour how many hours I spend writing copy or working with clients. It's about helping them make more money and helping them become more, to have more. That has a big price tag. So the process, again, but I would say at 46, I'm almost 51, so almost five years ago was really when I started acting like a grown-up businesswoman.
1: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Well, you know, right, it's like, I, You know, we we met during Biz Club, and so I, you know, I just turned 48, and I'm just kind of on that path as well. I've been in the wellness industry, and I, I'm sort of that, for so long, been doing that dollar-for-hour concept. And so it's just mm-hmm. so interesting when you finally, and I remember saying to myself before I met Pamela, and I was deciding this whole, you know, coaching that, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to really take mm-hmm. this to the next level. I'm taking a chance here. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it cuz, you know, yeah, you you kind of say I've been floundering and and I and I need some direction. So, yeah, yeah. and it's been it's been amazing on on so so many fronts. So many fronts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so, let me ask you a question. This may or may not um be part of your business, but do you feel in your industry I mean, I you know we will also get to talk, talking about the book, but do you feel in your industry, um, sometimes being a woman, do you feel like that is um, an issue in your industry or not? Like some of the women I've had on the show, um, it clearly is. It's, I've had some people that are, you know, in different companies or industries, even though they're entrepreneurial and kind of broken away, it would be more of a man's mm-hmm. world. But yeah. do you feel like that in your, in your business now? Or do you feel like that's not really, yeah.
0: It's a great question. And I would say in terms of my industry, what I do for a living is I, you know, I'm an internet marketer, a marketing strategist. I help people with their business marketing and their business, you know, online and off. And I also am now bringing back all the sacred skills and tools I have to create sacred space for small women. Small, small gatherings of women who are business owners. In both of those arenas, the whole spirituality and wellness, we know Western women are, have been at the forefront of that, so absolutely not. The other thing is in the Internet marketing world and the marketing in general in today's modern world, I, there are some real macho men in that space too, but I have had the great fortune of really connecting with a lot of highly successful women entrepreneurs who have taken the ball and run with it in this, in this space? I know more female millionaires, multi millionaires, multi six figure earners than I do men, and most of my clients are women. So I am blessed with not having to deal with um, sexist oppression and, and prejudice right. uh, against women in either of these spaces. We have a lot of freedom in both those spaces and so I'm very grateful for that all the time, because I know that in corporate and some other spaces that's not the case, but for right. me, it's great. I get to help women empower themselves and empower other women like pretty much every day of
1: my life <laughs> right well, how you know that's it's wonderful, and it's freeing that you have that in both wow. all those arenas and all the all the creative projects that you're doing and your work that i mean how amazing is that that we can actually say, and you can say that you know. You know more highly you know uh you know females making you know the big box six seven figures you know um that are in your arena and and how wonderful that is and look how far we've oh, come yeah. baby you know <laughs> yeah, totally. it's really like it's a really it's a really cool deal, and you know that's what it it was amazing to me just to kick off this series. I had this you know just this amazing thought, but it was sort of like an intuition thing of women women entrepreneurs series and I'm booked for three months, and, you know, I every single person that I've had on the show and will have on the show have different ages. I've had as young as 25, as old as, I don't know, and, you know, their background and what what molded them and you know but the nice wonderful theme is we are all working in this co- collective consciousness you know this female mm-hmm. energy of helping others and helping each other and you know yes. gone are the days of just like dragging them down you know i'm, I'm we're getting less oh. and less of that especially what i see i mean most of the women i meet it's about really that encouragement and support and Letting go of competition, letting go of, you know, there's enough for everybody, right? That universal abundance, there is enough for everybody. And, and it's just yes. it's wonderful and freeing that you mention that and you that, that you have that. Yeah. Yes,
0: indeed. I like to say we, and this is not my quote, this is from a feminist scholar named Angela Davis, uh, we, we must lift as we climb or lift as we rise. Mm-hmm. I heard Beautiful. her say this many years ago when I was a freshman in college. And it's stayed with me ever since. It's so important. Yeah. Lift
1: as we climb. Amazing. Really great. Really wonderful. So getting a little bit to, as you know, your, I know you, your children are older and grown, but having okay. that even personal time, and I know you have a fiance, so congratulations on your upcoming wedding. Thanks. Um, yay. It's so exciting. Um, uh, Balancing. So here we get into the balance. So, yeah, always can can be a sticky subject. Um, What are some of the obstacles or how do you, you know, how do you play the balance of personal and and work time, you know, personal time or family time, however you want to say to your to your work? Because, you know, we're in this digital age. You can work 24 seven. You know, Mm -hmm. how what works for you? What would you share for other women?
0: Yeah, well, there's there's two things. One is when you're first starting out, you're going to probably have to put the time in more. So over the course of these last four to five years, that balance has looked really different. And sometimes that has not been balanced. It's been unbalanced uh, to the point of health challenges. So... I don't encourage that obviously but sometimes we have to know what those edges are to know where we've gone too far and then kind of dial it back in or, or rebalance ourselves. So that's been it's been a dance for me. I'll be quite honest. I have that's not a, a place I've done always very very well. However, now I'm really starting to feel that balance again, recognizing there are times where we have to push really hard like right now I'm managing the launch of a one of my dear dear clients uh, and that requires a lot of my attention a lot of computer time other times right. I have time off and I'm in Thailand and I'm working half days and swimming in the afternoon and riding my
1: motorcycle around the mountains so, All right, so wait I have to, but, we have to pause you because Thailand can you share why like oh that yeah yeah, yeah. Is, yeah we, we need to we need to go back a little bit because I'm the listeners are going wait a minute Thailand like people in <laughs> the dream of going to Thailand I, I'm like, wait a minute, what? When I first met you, I'm like, what do you mean you're in Thailand? Um, can you yeah. share a little bit of that before you go forward? Because I think that's so
0: interesting. Sure, sure, yeah. Well, when I was a travel journalist and a magazine editor, I was doing luxury travel and luxury homes in, in the Asia-Pacific region, and I was living in Thailand. Sorry, go ahead. I'm very deeply connected with that culture. The mar- martial art I used to teach is Thai kickboxing. Kick and so I lived there after my divorce. I lived there for four years. And I've gone back pretty much every winter with few exceptions. And um, now I have the luxury because of the way that I live and work, I can work from anywhere on the planet, right? So in right. the winters, I go for three months, three-ish months, it depends. I go now I prefer Chiang Mai. I rent this beautiful service department, and I live a beautiful life over there. It's, you know, way less expensive once you get over there. I get massages regularly. I go to this beautiful outdoor swimming pool. Um, the many, it's just, a, it's a beautiful life for me. I speak Thai, and then the rest of the year I, I live in Sedona, Arizona.
1: <laughs> so um, that's also a beautiful life for
0: yeah. me here. wow. Yeah, Yeah. so that's, that's the Thailand connection for me.
1: Right. Which is so and, and, and you have Sedona which is just that other beautiful vibration and amazing uh, you know like yeah. where you are there that's just a vortex I mean you two really amazing energy places that um, are just just probably just soothe your spirit and fill you up so yeah
0: yes they, they really do and I'm so so grateful again for the life that I've created I created this I mean my track was not to be this person my track, was really to be a nice Italian wife <laughs> and mother living in Hamden, Connecticut. Right. Uh, so my parents don't necessarily get everything I'm up to, but they're they're happy and proud for me. So so back to the balance issue. What my partner and I have we've lived together for a long time. So we have a our little routine, which is we have dinner together most nights. Uh, and then, in the morning, we have what I call morning coffee ritual, and I started that years ago when I was single, and I would drink coffee in the morning and journal so now, morning coffee ritual, you know we get up, we do our meditation in the morning to, you know next to each other, and then we make coffee and we sit and we talk before our day begins
1: Very nice. that's wow, that's part
0: huge. of the, yeah. yeah, and then that's part of the balance with that. Uh, I try to get out and exercise and or hike several times uh, a week in the afternoon. And on Sunday morning, my son and I have a, a phone date. He still lives in Connecticut, and I live out here in Arizona. And we have a phone date when his fiance is still asleep early in his early in the morning. We talk for an hour, hour and a half, sometimes thirty minutes. It just depends. No agenda, but just the connection. So that's nice. kind of how I balance it for you, me. Be,
1: right. you build you build in these these spiritual practices and these moments in each day um, and, and, and through your week just to have the balance between the spiritual, being the spiritual connection and also just the, the, that, that every day of, you know, connecting with your son and, and connecting with your fiance. I love that. I, I really, I love that coffee. That is really awesome. How long have you been doing that, yes. you said?
0: Well, morning coffee ritual morning coffee. probably started for me. That's what I call it, morning coffee ritual. Okay. I, that must have started near the end of my last marriage because so that would have been like 2002ish, 2003 because I was I I was that was a deep inner turning in my life where I went through a deep passage astrologically for anyone who knows astrology was a deep Pluto passage. So my need to go inward was and my, the pain I was in was so great. This is where I had my sort of spiritual awakening unfoldment, if you will, um, right. was I had to connect with myself every day. It was a non, non-negotiable non need for me. Right. So, and you know yeah. what? A
1: lot of people talk about, you know, the dark night of the soul when we go through this really, you know... Yes, that's what it was. ...difficult time in our... Right. That's a difficult time in my life, and, and I've been there, too, and it just the precipice of the spiritual growth period, they call it, that it's just, everything just moves so fast and you have no other choice, but you know, you're either down on your knees, you know, you're, you're you're kind of at the end there. You're really there. Um, So yeah, as always as difficult as it is. We all know that those things are birthed from that. So to have the, your coffee ritual, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing now. Um, So let's talk a little bit. Let's, let's, Let's let the listeners in on a little bit of this taboo. Um, You know, we talk about money mindset. And, um, you know, I know I spoke earlier when I introduced you on your bio of all the things you did. But then, you know moving into a relationship with money. And I love what you talk yeah. about, this unexamined money uh, mantras. So um, yeah. just talk a little bit about the book. I I love the title. I just I love everything <laughs> about it. So just anything you want to share oh, about you. it, and then we'll direct sure. them, obviously, to the book as well, the website.
0: Sure. Yeah, thanks. Well, I think I've given somewhat of an indicator that throughout my life I've been really focused, a part of me has always been into seeking truth, the sacred, the spiritual, you know, I've studied herbalism and meditation and tarot and astrology and and really, and, and also alternative health, natural stuff, like I've rarely gone to Western medicine. So for me, I had what I found very much in this community, this greater community of awakening, holistic and spiritual people, is this sense that, you know, I am here to be of service and my service is sacred, and I want to help, and I want to help with whatever this sort of awakening on the planet is. And I see that the world is, there's a lot of corruption and poison based on greed and fear and, 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 and power, and therefore I don't want to be associated with that. So that's the bigger arcing conversation. And what that can translate to, if we don't examine it, is, I want to be a good spiritual person, therefore money is my enemy, and I reject things that have to do with money because it's not spiritual, it's dirty. And I'm simplifying mm-hmm. it a little here, but there are many iterations of this, and many of them are subconscious. And right. from a spiritual perspective, if you if you uh, um, agree with or believe in the concept of multiple lives, many lives, reincarnation, I believe many of us come in here on a full level. We have made previous agreements to, you know, chastity and and, and, uh, poverty and these things because we were in pursuit of the sacred, the holy, the divine, the truth, the non-embodied greatness. And so, you know, we lived in monasteries and, and nunneries and were rishis that went to the mountaintop and gave away all our material goods in order to pursue connection with the divine. So there's nothing wrong with those things per se, But we are living in this world. So if we don't have the money and the resources to take our sacred service, our spiritual gifts, our mastery gifts that we may have invested a boatload of money in gaining our certifications for, if we don't claim our right to live in enough money to actually deliver the goods, we are of no use. And so what I find but what I found in this world is there are many brilliant, amazing gifted healers, helpers, service providers who are barely having impact because they're barely getting by. And I was one. Mm. And so yeah. I know the pain and I know the solution, which is why I wrote the book. So the book really is, and part of why I wrote the book is because I realized I wanted to serve these people and they were, they, we, us, the people I was speaking with were so checked out about the money that they couldn't even imagine why would I spend several hundred to a thousand dollars a month for business coaching? That's a waste of money. Yeah, right. these are people who spend ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on their certification. <laughs> but and and they're, and they're not paying off their student loans for it, and they're not getting, they're not doing what it is they came here to do on a full level. What they came here to do, they're not doing it because of this block around money and so unexamined money mindsets look like money is the root of all evil i don't want to appear greedy i don't want to be dirty um i can't afford to invest in my business Uh, you know i'm not a marketer i I don't market you know oh i don't want to have to sell anything i i want people just to come to me (laughs) money can't buy happiness um, I've got to keep my prices really low or no one will be able to afford me. That's another one. Right. So these are some of those mantras and mindsets that... Oh, another one. I don't care about money. Mm. It's not about the money. So these mindsets, at first, they seem noble, but when you examine them and reframe them, as I show you how to do in the book, you realize there's a way in which money really is just energy and when we ally ourselves with the unity of money, service, and success in a material world where we are living, we don't have to have this polarization of, I'm spiritual and of service, therefore I have to reject money. Yeah. The, the lack of um, logic, really, in that kind of dialectic, that kind of conversation subconsciously in our minds.
1: I can relate so much to that because I remember when I started my yoga journey and I started teaching yoga to kids, and so I did my certification, and it was a lengthy certification. Um, mm-hmm. It was a year long, and, you know, I had a mentor mm-hmm. and what have you, and then I had to fly. I flew to Indiana for graduation and met everybody else, and then I did another three-month wow. training. and Right. And so then I remember I can't charge – my friend's children for yoga. I'm just going to teach yoga um, because it's something good and healthy for the children. And, and, uh, you know, I just had this block in the very beginning that, you know, I don't, I don't want to look at this service that I'm giving is so, it's such a good thing that I, and I had that, I had that poverty mindset, that spiritual mindset that, you know, I can't do that. And I gave a lot away for free. You know, I remember and I think also, um, quite honestly, yes. it was also my confidence. You know, it was like, Oh, you know, can I do this kind of thing? But a lot of it was this mm-hmm. yoga. You're supposed you know, you can't and yeah. then it trickled into I became an energy healer and I you know, I was hosting I was going to Reiki circles and you know, I remember, you know, some people would say it would say, you know, leave what you wish you know, and so you I remember offerings. thinking, that's interesting, you know, and then I was holding Reiki circles, and people would like, at the end, I'd look at the conch shell, and there there would be, you know, five dollars, and it, again, yes. it was like, wow, the value, this exchange of energy, it wasn't there, yep. and then I had this again yes. in my life, I, I started doing intuitive guidance readings, and at first, I was, you know, Whoever wanted to come, I might as well put up my fortune teller hat and, you know, come. And it was, you know, <laughs> free, complimentary. And I had a very good friend, spiritual teacher, coach, and they had a very good business set and said, what are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? You, need to, char- you <laughs> need to charge. I'm like, huh? What? And even to this day, I mean, I what I started with, you know, the pricing I started with and where I am now, I thought, oh, I can't do that. That's too greedy. I'll be taking people's money. But yeah it's not and so this hits such home for me like you have no idea so uh, yeah you're 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 articulating it
0: precisely this is exactly you and so many of us it's rampant this desire to be of service and 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 how we start to feel so bad about asking for money and it's really part of what I want to I'm on a mission to change because it's my belief, Tina, that if, if the the healers and helpers who are authentic, who really have a way to help others, don't step up in empowerment on this material plane we're living on and, and become leaders, then we're going to keep getting the same crap we're getting. Yeah. Crappy news, crappy medical treatment, crappy alternatives to diet, crappy... You know, all of it, all of this stuff that isn't working, they're the ones who are in the front line. We need to be able to have enough power and resources to step up, to lead, to serve in a way that has impact for more people, people who are looking for it.
1: Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and you hear this over and over again. We're in this shift of consciousness to step up and to to really take that next step. And when we don't, when the healers and the authentic that are doing this work, don't step up, they're truly doing a disservice to, yes. to, to so many people, to the communities that they live in, to the, to the consciousness of universe, to the, to women, you know, if you're a woman to so that whole vibration yes. to all of that. And, you know, in each community, it, it reminds me of the, um, Reiki story There the, the historical story of Reiki where uh, Mrs. Takata's dream or vision is that everyone, you know, w- everybody in every home would have at least one person that would uh, be familiar with Reiki in their each home. So that every single home, right, would have this trickle effect, you know, like little lights mm-hmm. around the planet to have this trickle yeah. effect to work with this energy. And, you know, it is happening more and more, not just Reiki, but this whole co- feeling of this connection over like little pearls, little pearls, little lights all around. And you, you're so right. I mean, it's, the the book is birthed at a perfect time and it's just going to continue to be more and more attractive because many more people are finding that to do this work, they have to really move away from that, that money mindset, those blocks to really be yeah. the purpose, live their purpose and shine their light. and, and, you know, thank you for doing it. I mean, it really is just, it has made probably much and many impact on so many people's lives. So thank you for that. Well, thank
0: you. Yeah, and and I do hope uh, that more and more people really connect with this. There's still, I still have conversations occasionally with people who are very much in reaction to the money thing. And I just, but I know it is the right time, a little bit maybe ahead ahead of time, the book, it came out in August. But I believe it will become more and more because it's becoming more and more difficult, especially in the United States, to live viably. I mean, just when you look at the cost of living versus income anymore, it's not what it used to be. The percentages make it much harder. So we really have to be able to make a living that lets us live reasonably so we're not down a a rabbit hole of having to get the part-time job and being exhausted and all that stuff. Um, right. But I wanted to touch just quickly on the idea of love offerings because, uh, first of all, there's a great story in my book called Ed Goes to Istanbul. So for any of your listeners who, who are right now operating almost solely on love offering, please, 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 I encourage you to stop immediately. And if you're not sure why, read the story in the book called Ed Goes to Istanbul because it's not a business model. It it will not work. However, I want to say this as well. There are times when a love offering makes sense. For example, if you are already, let's say, you've got a holistic business practice of some kind and you offer several modalities, but now you want to try a new thing, like you've just gotten, I'm just pulling this out of the ethers. Let's say you've just gotten your Reiki 3 or your Reiki Master and you want to offer some Reiki energy sessions, complimentary or by love offering, as you kind of get up to speed and integrate it into your business. Or you want to have a workshop where you offer free tarot readings or something like that because it's bringing people into your sphere and building relationships. Hey, by all means, do love offerings. But as a solely as a business model, it is not. It is not a business model. It's not business, Um, which is what this friend of mine Ed tried to do and the the unfoldment the outcome of that was really not very good at all it was actually very very bad um, so anyway that's what I want to say about love offerings they have a plate and that plate is not a business model that's I just want to be clear on that
1: no thank you for sharing that and I and it's, it's and I love that part I'm going to go back and read that chapter and um, and definitely I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying And there's probably a lot of people out there that is going to listen later on this recording or listening live that are in the spiritual work and um, that fall into this category. And so Mm. hopefully they'll be able to take a look at that and, you know, the book can, you know, propel them to the next level of where they are and, and, and moving towards that and really sharing that. We're getting a little close to the end. So I want to just ask what on a, I know we've hit a lot of things and we've shared a lot, so we may have covered this, but any tools or takeaways that you can share with other women who are in business and business for themselves? And it could be just like a time yeah. management or anything along or personal stuff that is going to help.
0: Absolutely, get coaching. I, this is, I, mm-hmm. always, I always say this to everyone, get coaching. If, you, if you're trying to be out there like um, the Lone Ranger, you're going to hit a wall. And that wall could look differently for different people. But the one thing I know for sure is that if you want to have more, you must become more, which means, and you know this, Tina, because of the coach we work with, um, you come up against blocks. You come up against internal blocks or strategic blocks or both. Uh, And when you do that, if you have no perspective from someone who's been where you are now, it's going to be extremely difficult to break through those blocks and you end up kind of spinning your wheels. So, and that really is the, the, the purpose of the workshops I'm, I'm beginning to offer. And, and actually, if I can, I'd, I'd love to just quickly share about that in case anyone wants to take a vacation to Sedona.
1: Oh, absolutely. Please do.
0: Yeah. So the, the, fir- the, the, the first one, the next one that's coming up is May 13 and 14. And here in Sedona, and this is the, these are small group intensives where we do inner and outer work We create sacred space where we bust through the, the number one thing that's holding you back right now so that you can go forward. And then as a marketing and business strategist, I build the strategy on the, on the back end of that. And there will be more of these. This is the first one, and you get to meet some Sedona people and be in Sedona, but you also get to you know, really get my intensive focus on your business from both angles. So that's, but whether it's me or someone else, it doesn't matter. I mean, they may want to work with you, Tina. However it is, get support, get mentorship and support, work on the inside of you and the business part of you. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. key to your growth and, and to, to, to getting fed yourself
1: as you are in service with your business. Right. Absolutely, I love that. And where can they? Just give me some information on that retreat. Is there? Do we? Do, should I direct people to your website, or do you have a link? I just want to yeah, put that in the chat. Yeah, I don't. Have,
0: there's no website for this, but if you put it in the chat, I would say just have them. Okay. Email me. My name Dawn Delvecchio at gmail.com.
1: Okay, that's what I'm doing right now. Perfect.
0: And then, of course, if they do go to the book website because they're interested in the book, at the very bottom there's also another email address of mine, which is dawn at spiritmindmoneybook.com. That's fine. It'll come to me. So if you miss my email here or or you're you're not in the live chat and you hear this later on, you could always reach out to me via my book link, spiritmindmoneybook.com, at the bottom of that page. And uh, because there will be more of these workshops going forward. So if you can't make the May one, hey, that's cool. This is, a, this is an awesome place to come and do a intensive retreat with some conscious women business Oh, that
1: sounds exciting. Yeah. So I'll link that to the chat room. And then when I repost the recording, I'll I'll link it through, you know, social. And then also I have a blog page on my website. So what I do is after we record, just so that you know, um after we record it goes into my i guess it's considered like a blog page or a podcast page and I'll list that so it's like news for my past listeners and different things that they have so I'll kind of list that to reach you and I'll 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 mention on there that uh the group intensive in Sedona May 13th and 14th so that sounds really exciting I wish I had the time to go but I I feel like I need to I love I love Arizona um, I've been to every part but Sedona, which I cannot believe it. So I have to put uh, that on my I have to put that on my list. Maybe yeah, maybe very I'd very. I would love to have very, you for another one. I would love it. I would yeah. love it. So that and would be before, so great to have you. Yeah. And then before we close out, I just kind of always ask my listeners: mm-hmm. Is there any um, is there any book that you're reading at the moment, or any book that has inspired you that you want to share?
0: Oh, so many. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading a book called. Emergence. Well, I'm reading three books. This is
1: typical Donnie. Oh, you sound like me. sound like me. I, yeah. it, my husband when said, called, what are you doing? Three times, yeah, three books.
0: Yeah. Derek Rydell, Emergence. That's one of the books I'm reading. Keys to Freedom by Irina Baker is another one that I'm reading. And one that I would recommend that I read this winter in Thailand is Yes, Yes, Hell No.
1: Yes, Yes, Hell No. And I can't no. forget
0: the name of okay. the author. But this is a good way to get tuned into... When we get a brilliant idea, and then we back down, we talk ourselves out of it. how do you determine what is the intuitive guidance and what is the um the ego fear mm. So it's called that's a, so that's a really helpful one for for clarifying what the right decision to make is when you're taking a big scary leap
1: I love that one that's a good one so that's for that's that. similar to our that coincides with our card career change so when people yeah. are are moving into change in their career or things are shifting in their career or in their focus um, sounds like so yes yes hell no right is that what it was yeah yeah Yeah, pretty cool well dawn it's been a pleasure and i am so grateful that you were able to make it on the show and i know so many people will be enlightened with your work and your book and and all the wonderful things that you're doing and the retreat i wish you uh, so much success on that I know there will be so many more to come um, and uh, thank you thank, thank you again you. for sharing your life and for being who you are and getting out there and thank you for really sharing that with all the other women entrepreneurs and women and, and people in general so thank you well thank you so
0: much and, and my appreciation and blessings to all of the people in your, all the
1: women in your community thank you well, you have a fantastic day, and I look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. Yay! Thanks. Yeah. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. Have a great day. Bye now. You too. Bye. Bye. So another fantastic episode on Get Into It with Tina Conroy. And I am always so thrilled of all the wonderful people that are have been on the show. And I thank you for listening. I thank you for listening every week and being supportive to the show. I would love to hear your comments. So always drop me a line. You can reach me at tina at get net and add that to your address book, tina at get it.net and leave me some notes. Leave me, leave me a line or two and, and let me know what shows are interesting to you and any insights that you have had. I look forward to bringing you more shows in the future. We are still moving through our Women Entrepreneur Series, and it is so exciting. So thank you. I hope to see you next week or hear from you next week on Get Into It or in person. Have a wonderful day. Namaste. ground.